talking about uh, <laughs> talking about like you know just the experience out there in Guam, and then uh, someone we're talking about Auntie Zena like kind of like yelling at you and getting mad at you. <laughs> yeah. So I think you guys were there uh, watching that one. Um, so did you bring the mic a little closer? Do you think? Well, let us know if you guys can't hear us. But once again, what's up, everybody? We're back at the Far Bar. It's a special edition today. Um, I'm blessed to have a, a special guest with me today. Um, you can see him. You can also see me. It's a one-on-one um, interview. And usually we don't do that, but um, today we are. So uh, I want to. my name is Rich D, and I want to introduce to you the master of Chamorro dance, uh, Mr., uh, Uncle Frank Rabone, mm-hmm. or Senor, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um He's out here from Guam. He's doing a uh, unification. He's here to help uh, unify the Chamorro community in a 65th uh, Sons and Daughters Guam Club um, celebration, which has been here, here now for 65 years. And so this is the weekend where we're going to unify and, and have a celebration down here at the Sons and Daughters of Guam Club uh, at um, in San Diego. Uh, Uncle Frank, thanks for coming. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, like I, I said before, before um, we got on the show, um, I haven't seen you in too many interviews. Um but I know you have you've had a couple. Um, you are the the master of Chamorro dance. Yes. Uh, you've you've kind of started this um, movement back in, or you did start this movement, not not kind of. Uh, you did start the movement. Um, give us a little history and background of of the Chamorro dance and and when you started it. Uh, I began the the movement in in 1983. But just to give everybody uh, a brief history of of who we are. Our people uh, began our civilization 4,000 years ago in the Mariana Islands. And in that time frame, we've gone through several colonization. Uh, The Spanish colonization began in 1668 with the arrival of the missionaries, although Magellan landed on our island in 1521. But the interaction between the... um, the the galleons and the Chamorro people were very um, uh, sparse. When the missionaries came in in 1668, that began the more impacted uh, aspect of our of our uh, culture through colonization. One of those things that that um, in, was greatly impacted was the Chamorro dance, most especially the indigenous form of dancing, celebrating, chanting, and singing. Now. Uh, one of the reasons for that is because of the uh, the, the religious um, aspect uh, looking at dancing as a taboo in terms of, of celebrating. So the indigenous form of dancing for the Chamorro people of the Marianas was uh, removed eventually to the point where it wasn't practiced or it wasn't organized. And then when dancing finally came about after uh, through, during the colonization, the, uh, the people started to pick up the, uh, the introduced form of dancing, such as the batsu, the Spanish walls, the saltis, the punta tacon, the bailana iguas. These were all introduced Spanish dancing that was done, and not in an organized form, but where it was done during gatherings, social gatherings, fiestas, and these are things that were introduced by the Spanish colonizers. And then eventually, after 1898, when Spain seceded her territories to the United States, we encountered another form of colonization, which is the Americans. And in that form, the dancing again began to change. And that's when we started to learn things like cha-cha and jitterbug, the twist. And they they were fat uh, dances. They were not... 
um, traditional dances as you, as one would consider from an indigenous point of view. They were just dances that were done in, in social gatherings or in parties or whatever. And with that in mind, uh, I as a professional dancer, I began dancing in 1971. I was um, basically introduced to cultural dancing in the form of Hawaiian, Tahitian, Maori, Samoan, Fijian, these kind of dances. And we were one of the first uh, local groups that broke into their Hilton Hotel and began a contractual form of presentation. But it was through that introduction that I began my search in 1971 to try and reestablish the indigenous form of dancing for the Chamorro people. Um, it seemed like like all the other Pacific Islanders were celebrating their their uh, indigenous dancing e uh, even to this time, despite colonization. But it wasn't the type of colonization that the Chamorros encountered in the 400 years that exist that colonization existed in the islands. So I began my research and I realized that uh, a lot of the information or any form of documentation regarding our Chamorro dance, our indigenous Chamorro dance, was, was not written or documented by any of our visitors that came in, be it from the missionaries or be it from the galleons that, that um, uh, passed through the islands on their way to uh, the Philippines. Um, although they were... They were um, practice in, in forms of social gathering, that's the only time that you would see. Whereas when I traveled to the Pacific Islanders, I realized that organized dancing, or organized indigenous dancing, was still very much vibrant in, in and amongst the islands of the Micronesians, the uh, Melanesians, and the Polynesians. And not only throughout the Pacific Islands, but as I traveled through the Asian countries and interacted with the Native Americans over here in the United States and in South America, I realized that they also continued to um, practice their indigenous dancing as well as their traditional practices in dance, chant, and singing. And I started to wonder why that did not exist in our island. Yet, yes, there was dancing. I was part of uh, uh, learning the jitterbug and the cha-cha and the butsu and all that stuff. My elders were uh, my grandmothers, for one. My, my aunts and uncles were, were very knowledgeable about those dances. And when we have fiestas or weddings or baptismal parties, uh, we'll get up and they would get up and do those dances among themselves. So those dances were very vibrant. And um, I realized that, that that's their knowledge. And as I um, ta tapped into their memories, uh, their, their memories or their recollections would not go further back than 1898. Every time I asked them if, if there was any form of dancing that, that represents our people prior to the colonization, they would come up with, uh, they, don't, they don't remember, they don't recall. And that they're, they're more, um, their memory recalls more of the adaptation. Like I said, the butsu, the cha-cha, those kind of dances that were being performed. So researching and, and gathering, um, in 1983, when I, I started, I organized uh, Tautotano, Guma Tautotano. My main objective in doing that was to reestablish that aspect of our culture, that part of our culture that, that uh, was lost for a while. And I had to do that through research and uh, recreation and uh, 
what you call that reconnection through migrations and things like that in order for me to to uh, establish some form of representation of our people that we existed prior to Magellan landing in 1521, prior to the missionaries coming in in 1668, and prior to uh, Spain seceding her territories to the United States in 1898. I, I wanted to at least made, create the awareness amongst our people that we really didn't sit around underneath the Puga tree and chew Puga all day. Uh, otherwise, how would the Laddie stones have been um, erected and 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 still at this point very iconic for our people in the Mariana Islands? I I could not say I could not sit and say that um, we didn't celebrate, we did not uh, um, honor birth, we did not uh, celebrate harvesting, and we did not celebrate. Uh, um, our way of life. And it was through those incentives that allowed me to um, embark in this journey that I've been on for the past 35 years. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's just the, the, the background of kind of like where our people are. And really, oh, if you guys didn't catch that, it's really just to establish that we're indigenous people. Right. 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 At, the, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's that we're indigenous people. We were indigenous to our island. Exactly. Um, I've also seen uh, that on um, the the DVD you guys had that came out um, was it two years ago uh, or three years ago? Which which one? The um, the Ukunmanai. What, what DVD are you? Was it, is it a uh, We Are Tom- I Am Tomorrow? Oh yes, yes, the one that that uh, um, Polly Eric Forbes. Yes. Yes, created. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Because um, he he yeah. And so uh, you guys had had that one and. Um, and so that's a little bit of the background on the Chamorro dancing. Right. Um, but that goes, I mean, it's not like, it, you make it sound like it was an easy road that you, you kind of paved. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, you know, we just, we said this and this is what happened. Yeah. Um, you had to go through a lot of um, people resisting that. Yes. Um, yes. The colleges resisting yes. that. Yes. Educational, um, the collegiate areas. Yes. Saying no, you're, you know. Yes. Academia. Um, even, even the elders, when I started to establish... Um, Indigenous dances such as the Bailan Uritao, the Bailan Galaide, the Bailan Linatla, the Bailan Fisga, the Bailan Ponglo, all uh, Bailan Gaputulu, the elders living in 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 Guam basically and the Marianas uh, were resistant to seeing those kind of things because it was something very different from what they're used to. What they're used to seeing is we have to don on the mestiza, the lancero outfit wear some of the American clothing in order for us to do the jitterbox. So that was what they considered Chamorro dance or what they call mainstream Chamorro dance. Um, but to, to them, anything that is not with Mestiza is not Chamorro dance. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so for you, like, what's that argument sound like, I guess, back then? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to establish that, you know, this mm-hmm. is authentic. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah, just right. saying that, that we're... We're indigenous people, right. and we didn't. We definitely didn't dance like this. Right, right. Yeah. And so you, one, you have to, you have to start establishing some kind of foundation, yeah. which you, you did. Um, but how does that feel like? Just that that salmon going up river, you know, and just fighting the current. Yes. Um, yeah. Was that really hard for you to do, or you were just 
It, it, it took a while, but I realized that, that educating our own people in, in the different, you know, the different generations, whether they be the elders or the, the middle generation or the young generation, education was the most important thing. One of the things that we encountered through colonization was that we, we were never taught the history of our people. We were uh, uh, educators that came to our island in, in the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s after the war. Uh, we, they were more inclined to teaching us about the United States, the 50 states, the capital of the 50 states, the government of Guam, the, 50, the presidents of the United States. Mm-hmm. So they were more inclined to teaching us more of the colonizers' history rather than our own history. It was not until uh, the late Pedro Sanchez who, who first wrote a book, the, the, the Guam uh the history of Guam. That was the first introduction that I had in, in, in my younger years of any form of Chamorro education or any form of written uh, Chamorro education that was written by a Chamorro person. So, you know, in, in our, so the, the, the education that occurred through, the, through our people uh, did not discuss a lot about our history. So therefore, um, a lot of our people were more inclined not to understand our origins, mm-hmm. our, our way of life. I mean, they taught traditional practices. That has been vibrant, such as the fishing, uh, traditional practices of fishing, weaving, the suruhana. Those things continue to survive through, you know, throughout the different colonization. And, and it, it, continued, it, it continued to be passed on by the elders, mm-hmm. okay? But uh, when it came to dancing and chanting, the chanting, the nasal chanting, it segued into the nubenas. So if you listen to raw nubenas that is being, um, um, uh, what you call that, in, uh, established in the villages, to, you know, the traditional things, you're going to hear the nasal sounding and the chanting. Right. And a lot of those chanting, the melodic aspect of those chanting, stem from... The, the indigenous aspect prior to colonization. The Austronesian right. uh, so sound. Right. So hearing that and, and hearing those things and then the comparison that I've had in, in, in my travels and, and the research, uh, it, it, it basically made me realize that, okay, so we did chant it. We did right. chant it. What the missionaries did was we, they picked up our chanting and incorporated the religious aspect of it, you know, right. incorporated the nubenas and the disalzu and all that stuff. So the, the primary chanting was in existence then. So that already told me. And mind you, Richard, I'm, like, I, like you mentioned earlier, I'm not authenticating. I cannot do that at this point in time because there's a lot of things that were not written of our people by the historians that traveled in. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to establish uh, an an awareness to the generations that exist on on the Mariana Islands that our history is 4,000 years old, okay? And it did not begin when Magellan landed in 1521. It didn't begin when the missionaries came in from the Philippines in 1668. And it did not begin when Spain ceded her, her, 
her territories to the United States in 1898. Right. Our history and our way of life and our civilization began even before Christ. Right. You know, and that's 2,000 years before Christ. Yeah. And, and, and some of that, uh, just to back that information up, is all done through research as far as like, um, uh, what's the thing called? Uh, excavating the, the land and, and finding the like, archaeological. Yeah. yeah the archaeological. Um, and that's like carbon dating. Yes. Right. Yes. That's what, I'm assuming that's what right. they're using. Yeah. Um, and so it's not like it's just made up out of thin air. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's there. It's, there's, it's facts. Right. Um, and then also some of the, to go on some of the research. Um, so you're researching through, um, books through like Spain, cause we can't find our history books on our island. So exactly. you're going to like Europe. Right. And you're, you're looking in, in like the, the books of like the cathedral or something like that, right. like the Catholic I, books. When when I when in in my endeavors of in researching and I, I'm still doing it, I, I try to look in in the museums or the some of the places that I've been able to be very fortunate is is in the archival collections of some of the missionaries that existed. I was able to. In, um, extract some of that in Cebu, I realized that Manila wasn't the port city at the time that Magellan was circumnavigating the, the, the world. It was Cebu. Cebu was the port city. And uh, what you call that, San Vitoris missionary, the Pali San Vitoris came out of Cebu, not from Manila. Eventually, Manila became the port city as it is now. Mm. But Cebu was the, the, the prominent city at that point in time. So a lot of the archival collections occurred or, or are in that area. I was able to visit um, the University of San Carlos, which is the oldest university in the Philippines. I've also visited... Which uh, one is that, uh, one more time? Ogilvy? The University of San Carlos. It's okay. the oldest university in the Philippines. And then I've been able to, um, what you call that, uh, visit Cagayan de Oro the, and, and interact with some of the tribes that are there and, and observe the way they do their traditional practices, especially their dances. Right. But the biggest thing that I, I saw was when I was able to participate in the Austronesian Festival in 1999. I had, I've been traveling under GVB to Taiwan previously, but in 1999, they began the Austronesian Festival. And the Austronesian Festival, their primary mission was to bring back the migrated tribes that ended up populating Southeast Asia, the Pacific Islands as far down as Rapa Nui into Chile, and then also the Native Americans, you know. And so when, when you're looking at language and you're connecting, you're going to hear the similarities in some of the language. Right. And you're also going to see some of the similarities in the traditional practices. So participating in the Austronesian Festival, I was able to see a lot of similarities. And that basically assisted me in trying to recreate some of the dances. But I've also recreated some of the dances based on experience. Like for example, uh, when I created the Bailan Galaide, I already knew, not not even having to travel to the Austronesian, but just on our island that we were a seafaring society. We were just based on the historian's uh, description of our our Galaide and our Sakman, how they were so impressed with it. So that is something that existed already, and it's written in, in the manuscripts, in, in Ligovian's manuscript, in Pegafetta's manuscript, in, in uh, Pali San Vittorius's manuscript. They're written there. So 
the seafaring, we are a formidable seafaring society. They were amazed as to the, the speed of our, our canoes. So I created a, a, a bilingualite to represent that aspect of, ours, mm-hmm. of our people. When I created the Bailangaputulu, those are recollections of my two grandmothers. You know, back then, um, the Chamorro women rarely cut their hair. Their hair right. are, is always long. Nowadays, they have the styles, but back then. But I, I remember uh, at that time in the 50s, you know, shampoos were not readily available on the island of Guam. But what we had was we had the coconut oil, Lananizuk, and this fragrant lime called Lalanga that they used for shampoo that would cleanse their hair. And I would wa- watch them when they go to the river and, and they apply all these things. So I created that to represent that aspect of, of our way of life. I also created uh, different types of fishing, the, the tekin, the tinsulu, the mm-hmm. talaza, those are different types of traditional practices, even the weaving. And then, of course, the uritao, the bailan uritao, the bailan linala, uh, the bailan linala, we were a matrilineal society prior to colonization. The women were honored uh, in, in the villages because of their ability to carry life. And, and so it was believed by our people that from the heavens you are born and you come down to the earth, you live your life, and then you, when, you, when you pass on, you return back to the heavens, which completes the cycle of life. We are not the only ones that celebrate that aspect. A lot of indigenous cultures believe in that aspect of the circle of life. So that's where also creating the dances, there is a reason behind it. There's a reason why these dances were created, right. and they were. There's a reason why they they're representative of us. Okay, uh, the Bailan Uritao is the tunas. It is not a warrior dance like a lot of people would would um, uh, kind of uh, look at us. It is a dance that signifies the agility, the strength, and the coordination of the Uritao, which is the bachelor. And it also signifies the, the eight counts that I utilize when they're um, uh, working together. It, it signifies the building of the Guma Uritao. The Guma Uritao is the main house in the ancient villages, in the ancient society of the Chamorro people. Prior to all these cemented houses and the roofing tent, we had Guma Uritao. And the Guma Uritao is the center of education where right. the men will teach the upcoming um, uh, bachelors the way of life in, in anything prior to moving out and starting a family within the villages. But the Guma Uritao is more like an educational house right. for everybody and then, for learning. And, and there's one for the women, right, which is the Guma Lao? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, that's actually what we represented this year at PIFA was the Guma Uritao and the uh, Guma Lao. Right. Um, kind of passing on education. Um, and what you've you've been doing um, back to the Austronesian uh, festival, which ended up being uh, Festpack, correct? No, no. The Austronesian festival is separate from the festival of the Pacific Arts. Okay. The, the festival of Pacific Arts was established by the SPC, the uh, Secretary of Pacific Communities, and they realized uh, the 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 Secretary of Pacific Communities, which is headquartered in Fiji, realized the erosion of the traditional practices, the language and culture of the various Pacific Islanders. 
So when they established the Festival Pacific Arts, which began in 1972 and occurs every four years traveling within the Pacific region, it was to create an awareness amongst the Pacific Islanders in the value of preserving, perpetuating, educating, and promoting the indigenous aspect mm. of, the, of the Pacific Islanders. The Austronesian um, Festival, which began in 1999... And is that still around? Uh, it, it took sabbatical for a while, but now it's brought back. It, it began back again in 2012. Okay. Okay, but uh, so, you know, but it, in, in 1999 when it began, it went for about four or five years, and then due to funding, it kind of went to sleep. But that, their mission is that they, they, they the 16 Austronesian tribes that still exist in Taiwan right now, are the the direct ancestors, the, the direct line, link, linkage that the Pacific Islanders, the Southeast Asians, the Native Americans have. And so their mission was to bring back those migrated tribes mm-hmm. to celebrate the, 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 their, their heritage, their traditional practices, their language and their And where is that held at? That's always in Taiwan. Taiwan? Yeah. Taiwan, yes. You know, uh, it's funny because... Um when you were saying something about the the way we sing our, our novenas and, and things like that, uh, you can hear, I actually looked up Austronesian chanting just for, you know, the sake of research. The nasal sounding. Yeah, and it sounds, it sounds very similar. Yes. It sounds very similar. And so it, uh, it I was like, wow, it does yeah. sound like our, our rosaries. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's, it's not just us. I mean, if you travel amongst the Pacific Islanders, if you take away the, the structured form of singing, you know, that, that has been established, and you go into the 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 core of the of the people, you're gonna hear the nasal sound mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Right, except for you know there there is like you said there's some of those places where it's been taken over and um, their their form of singing has been changed. Yes. due to it's, like um, churches and yeah, Mormon choirs and yeah, right. structured. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to move on kind of like into where you got the well you got the official title of Master of Chamorro <laughs> Dance from the. Um, academia which was I, I felt like it was a uh, and I just want to touch on this because I when you when you actually went up there and you had like everything and um, you got your was it like an award or was it was like your your from for the your, university yeah that, that's my honorary doctorate degree. yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I felt I was like I was like I wonder how Uncle Frank feels about that like I wonder <laughs> if he's just laughing inside if, or if like if he's just gonna like you know if you're gonna pull something off like funny um how did that feel though how did that feel to to actually achieve that well uh in, at first, it was a humbling experience because to be honored by academia. And, you know, academia in the beginning of my journey 35 years ago were very, um, what you call that, resistant to what I was doing. Right. You know, so uh, to be able to be recognized by them tells me that they finally realized that uh, that I, I am worthy. I have a value as to what I've been doing. Right. You know, and... and um, I, I wasn't expecting it, and and now that it's it's been given to me, I I have a responsibility now to to make sure that that uh, that that not that that honor that's bestowed upon me will be carried, you know, for the other generations. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, because not to talk too much about uh, my personal dancing. I mean, people know that I, I teach for Arantia, but um, I was brought back on in two thousand with yes. um uh, Rose Matanonia from. From uh, Imahen Tatatano, yeah. she brought me to Guam, and, and that's where where Festpack kind of changed my life. Um, and you kind of knew that it would, and so you kind of allowed me to go out and, and 
venture off and, and be with other cultures so yes. I can see I could see this. I could I experience it. I definitely came back with a different attitude about dance and, and culture. Um but moving forward, I mean you've now are are have established so many gumas there it, you see like the renaissance that's happening yes. back at home and you see like these other groups coming out and establishing themselves they're, they're no longer just on guam there's not only three there's not only four there's i don't know how many are there 16 12 oh, there's more than 20 more than 20 more than 20 if you count uh cinemai you count japan you count the united states and guam there's more than 20 yeah. yeah and so that i mean how does that feel like to see all the progress that the one thing that you started was you wouldn't stop regardless of what who, what, who told you what um you said you know what? i'm still gonna do this for my people i'm doing this for my people it's not it's not a personal thing i'm not doing it for my personal. <laughs> we don't get paid here <laughs> uncle frank uncle frank no he's been in for a long time and he told me like if you're gonna do this understand you're not gonna get paid for it you're not gonna get rich <laughs> yeah that's that's a you're guarantee. not gonna be no rich you know. rich with the uh, love and knowledge yes um but that, you weren't you're not gonna make the big lamborghini yeah. money right <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. how does that feel like personally now that you're there you're you're at the you know, the height of, of where we are now? Well, several things it comes to mind in that. First of all, um, it, it makes me, it, I'm, I'm very humble to, to see all the seeds spreading. And at least I, in my heart, I, I can safely say that, that when, when, when that aspect of our culture was removed, uh, there was no hope of it coming back you know, based on what was going on. When, when I took on the journey and the 35 years, now with all the gumas and all the, the practitioners that are happening, there's a guarantee that it's not going to die like it yeah. did in the past. So that, that aspect, that's one thing that I, you know, that, that I realized through all this hard work, which to me is, is a lot, it's priceless, okay? Yeah. And then the, the mere fact that our young generation is starting to realize more of who they are as indigenous people and embracing it, that's another thing. Right. You know, so, so all those, those aspects fall into play when, when I see, when I come around and I see all these, these, um, these uh, guma organizing. And, because in the guma, when you organize a guma, it's not just about dancing. You educate the individual in the holistic aspect of who they are as Chamorro people. Yeah. And that's why it's the language and culture. So the guma is kind of like the, the, it's like a traveling guma uritao. Is basically what mm -hmm. it is. It's just, it's not a, a right. It's not a stationary <laughs> structure. It is moving, but in within it, the knowledge is the same thing that was practiced and 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 uh, established when we first established our civilization four thousand years ago. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it's beautiful to see all of it. And for me, you know, I, I as I look back, I'm you know in my senior years now. I can safely say that that I did not let my people die in vain. Right. I, I always look at it as there's a lot of people before me from Taga to, to Malaguena to Kapua to uh, Gado and also the, the elders, my grandmothers. They work as hard as they could to, to preserve whatever they could. You know, it's up to us now. And I think I, I say for myself that I've done my part, and I hope that everybody else that's within this situation or the Gumas will continue to do their part, you know, because we're, 
we're we're at a, a race that's not numbered in the millions. We're only numbered right. in the thousand. And when we stop speaking our language and when we stop speaking, uh, doing our our way of life, then we're just a statistic. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to be a statistic. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I remember you said that last night. Uh. We do have a quick comment. Uh. Or, um. From one of the people watching, he's uh, it's Ken Ag. He said, uh, "So much knowledge." I remember talking to him on the porch, and the knowledge he would he would be so willing to share. Um, and I, I'm not sure where he's from. It's not his full name, but uh, uh, I can I, I can attest to that because. Um, but that's also within the other Fafanagwis that yes. you have now established under the the Masters Chamo dance, which is now you and Auntie Eileen yes. uh, Menno, yes. uh, who is also. Um, was one of your students. Yes. And so she's the second... For 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So she's the second that's recognized as, as yes. the Master of Chernobyl Dance. Yes. And um, how does that feel to have a second person where you're... That was once your student, but kind of like now you kind of... You're supposed to be sitting at an equal equal spot. Yes. Um, how's, it, how's that feel for... It means that... Uh, to me, it means that that, uh, that legacy is there. The continuity of the practice that once was lost, which is dancing, mm-hmm. is there, and therefore with with everybody, not just uh, and and so we we are we are accomplishing what our our indigenous people who landed in the Mariana Islands four thousand years ago were were doing what they were doing with the rites of passage, the and 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 people you know, um, passionately dedicating their lives into becoming, you know, mm-hmm. because our, our people did that. Our people did that. Uh, and even throughout the colonization, our people continue to do that, maybe just in a subliminal way, but they continue to do it. They, they continue to maintain the traditional practices and using the rites of passage, you know, just like every, any, any, any uh, indigenous people of culture, right? Yeah, they they do rites of passage. You just you just don't become a a, a master milk. carver, yeah, <laughs> without going through years. You know, the, the oh yeah, you got it because you you look good. No, yeah. they they dedicate their lives. They right. they passionate, and so to see Eileen being recognized, you know, I'm very honored. You know, I'm not going to live in this world forever, so someone needs to yeah. uh, to step up. And, to I, that. and I think honestly, I think it's in great hands. Um, Auntie Eileen. Uh, I got to dance next to her yes. uh, when I was 18, and, and um, <laughs> her attitude is kind of the same as it was back then. And she's she's a hard ass, you know. She isn't <laughs> she isn't nice, but she's loving and caring about yes. your about what you want to accomplish. Right. Um, and she'll be there for you. Yes. Um, she's she's offered her hand out as as much as as anybody else that that I saw back on Guam, the Fafanaguis who are under you now. Um, oh, and uh, Ken Ag is Joaquin Uggen. He said he's from Telefofum. Oh. Yes. Yeah. See. So he, yeah, he's <laughs> Say now, hello to him. Yeah, he's. That's uh, one of my students. Well, you can say hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's watching. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, you now, how many Fafanagwis do you have currently under you? Oh, quite, quite. Right now, there's about fourteen. Fourteen. And then there's the 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 second in line, the apprenticeships that are moving into achieving that that. Um, title right. in order for them to sit in the tribal council because when you achieve your title of of Fafanagui you automatically become part of the tribal council that governs the performing arts in 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 the Chamorro people yeah, yeah. and and our the tribal council are representatives of of uh, Fafanagui's that are from CNMI and Guam and uh, and also there's United States here so you know eventually um, you Richard your 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 uh, 
an instructor now. You're you're what you call going through the pains. It's not an easy journey. Yeah, it's it's, it's painful. <laughs> but eventually, <laughs> you know, depending on on where your life uh, takes you, when you achieve that moment, then you become part of that that uh, council that continues to be, you know to to advise the others as well as keep them in the direction that yeah. we've this movement that we've put together and a lot of the the other disciplines like the carvers and the weavers are looking at trying to pattern their their um, situation see all these things I like I, I always tell people um, I am not uh, what you call that, I'm just reestablishing. I am not uh, uh, bringing back something that never existed. It existed, okay? It was removed for a while. Our way of life went through a lot of genocide. So I'm just bringing back things that exist, okay? And, And trying to balance it with the modern world that we have now, which is technology. So, you know, and, and uh, you cannot ignore that, but at least it, it, it should not be able, we should not be um, having to give up one for the other. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to give up our way of life, our language, our, our culture for technology. What right. we need to do is we need to merge it together merge, yes. and, and find the balance. Use technology to protect our way of life. Right. Use technology to document our, our, our way of life, our traditional practices. And so this that- is why I'm glad you're here uh, on the Power Bar because now I have it videoed and recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so you had, you had those, um, those steps. You had the, the, now the Fafanaguis who, have, who are like the... Um, and I've seen their, their ceremonies. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. I think they're... And their their passion for culture is all pretty similar. Um, it's not like one's up here yeah. and one's. I mean, they might have personal issues. I don't know, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know diversity is a spice of life. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell them that. Don't worry about being uh, different. It's when we need to come together as a unit, then we come together as right. a unit. Yeah, and I think that's. Uh, I think that's a big thing because for me, that's. It's always about coming together. I think that's. The one thing that I saw back on, on FS back in uh, 2008 and 2000 um, was unity amongst the isle- other islands, yeah. and that we were able to establish that too within ourselves, um, and that's why it, it resonated with me for so long. You know, I sent back a couple of my dancers in 2016, and they came back and they just had this uh, this feeling like they they wanted to go back home and they wanted to live <laughs> this indigenous life. They just wanted to walk around in Saudis and, and, and didn't want to, like, work anymore. I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, pro- progression's going to happen with or without you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, you just have to, like you said, you have to merge it. You have to and, really and merge it. Find the balance. Find the balance. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where, yeah. where we are. Um, I don't know. Mm. We, but, we, we also have to understand that culture, in order for it to survive, has to continuously to evolve. That's culture, okay? If... Sometimes I come across um, headstrong, uh, you know, indigenous people that feel like, okay, we cannot, uh, you know, we need to continue doing what we did 50 years ago, okay? And fine, let's continue doing what we did 50 years ago. We just need to understand that 50 years later, it's not the same, Right. okay? So if, if you don't evolve what you used to do 50 years ago and let it find, uh, you know, um, uh, a, a, 
a compatibility with what's happening 50 years later, mm-hmm. it's going to die. Right. You, so you, you have to constantly, uh, and if your culture is a vibrant culture, then it, it will continuously evolve. Right. And when you continuously evolve your culture, you're going to bring, you're going to take the things that are, are important mm-hmm. to, to, to mesh in and then you grow your culture. You know, uh, sometimes we come across people that say, oh no, we cannot speak that language because it's not Chamorro. Okay, we still speak Chamorro to this day. I'm a fluent speaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I understand that 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 uh, our language has incorporated some of the colonizers' uh, influence. Okay, but so did every culture. Right. Okay, every culture in the world has incorporated in their language, you know, what came from outside, mm-hmm. and it has continuously to evolve. So we just need to understand that and be acceptant, not be very extreme in one end of the of the of the spectrum uh, spectrum versus right. the other. Yeah. Right, and I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, I definitely agree with that. There is, um, we as a rancher have have come out with these. Uh, people always say, "Oh, it's you know, it's it's new, it's brand new, it's 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 uh, it's aggressive and it's different." And I say, "Well, yeah, I mean, because we have to compete with other other dance groups that are out here in, in the states." Um, I was like, "But you don't understand. I, I, I we know our basics. Yeah. Our basics are, are still established there. They're, we just kind of flare it up to to really compete with the city life. Yes, the the United States. Right." Um, and what you once again, um, what you said, Uncle Frank, dancing is a very small part of it. Right. And I tell everybody that, like, dancing is really the easy part. Yes. Go out there and go do some dance motions. The hard part is really practicing your culture. Yes. You get into the the the, um, the guma, and it's okay. Language singing. Yes. Um, now we're implementing weaving, which yes. we have uh, Roken here, who's from Washington. Uh, we're implementing language a lot more, a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Um. But that's where the learning process comes. Yes. If I can't get the new students into my, my studio, I, I lose. Right. Right. So I need to be able to entertain. Right. And educate. Right. And that's kind of like where we are, I guess, as far as Urentia is. But we have never uh, lost focus of where our basics yes. are. And, and the that's, main goals. that's important. I, and you have to look look at everywhere in the world. Look, you know, whether you look at the countries with very deep cultural heritage, Japan, China, you know. Look, look at their presentation now. Mm-hmm. If you look at their presentation now and then you're going to look and compare it to what they used to do 40 years ago, very different. Yeah. Very different. Or no even 100 years ago, very different. Right. Okay, and that's called the evolution. But they've maintained the, 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 the basics and the standard and the foundation of who they Standards, are. Standards, yeah. And that's, that's the main thing, you know. Yeah. And I, um, I, I love it. Um, so moving on and, and um, kind of like closing out the show, we have like 15 minutes. So if anybody's out there want to ask questions for Uncle Frank, uh, please uh, add them and I'll definitely post or ask him. But what I want to jump into, and this is probably the the fun part, is all the critics. Right? Because, I mean, we can, I, you can cuss on this show, Uncle Frank. You can, you know, <laughs> fuck you. You, know you could definitely tell them. Um, but the critics, the ones who say, you know what, that's that's wrong. Because um, I've gotten into a couple of those those internet trolls you know the flame, the flame boards, and they, they're just like that's not. You know, you're just trying to look Polynesian. You're trying to do this. And what do you? I mean, how do you deal with that? I mean, because you don't even have the internet, but you right. just hear you hear about it. Yes, I do. And and first and foremost, I, I my 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 statement there is I don't quantify it with a response. And and the second thing I say is that you know for people to make comments like that, 
they have very little knowledge or very are, are not educated about the history of the Chamorro people. And basically, they're just taking opinions from what they hear from others. Mm-hmm. And they're not really taking the time to verify those opinions. Right. You know, so the comments that they, they dish out are, are, they have no, 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 no value to me you know, at this point in time. Mm. Because if they really knew their history, their Chamorro history, even even 50% of their Chamorro history, then they would ha- they would hesitate in making comments like that. That's why I don't quantify it with their response. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could just say, fuck you guys. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. But um, Joaquin's asking one more question. He said he wants to know if there's any place he could um, purchase Tautotano uh, merchandise. Tell him, say, you need to come back to Guamkin and get back into Tautotano like you were before. <laughs> You're a former member. You can always get your 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 Tautotano. You don't have to buy it. You are a member. You've always been a member. So yeah. And I got I got my sweater, Chelly, back at home. I got it in 2000. Still sit, it hangs in there and no one wears it, just me. You're not a forgotten I member. I don't fit it, though. <laughs> I'm a little bigger. Yeah. Um, your brother beat you to all his uniforms. <laughs> Nope. They're getting ready for the rosary here. Um, so uh, let me just go one more time. Um, how do you, the future, the future of Tremol Dance, after, you know, all is said and done, you kind of retire, you know, how do you, what do you see, what are you hoping for the future of Tremol Dancing? It, it's here now. It's, it, it never existed 35 years ago. It's here now. So it's just up to, to the practitioners that exist now for whatever age they are to continue it, to continue this, this um, aspect that was once lost. If it does die this time around, yeah. it, is, it will not come back. Yeah. So it's up to the, the, the gumas that exist and the members within the gumas to continue it. And it's, it's totally up to them. That's what I see in the future. It, because that's, that's what culture is all about. It has to just continue to live. Yeah. It is, it's only our fault if it dies. It's only our fault if our language dies. It's our fault. We cannot blame anybody. We cannot blame any disaster. We cannot blame I'm the blaming war. Donald yeah. Trump. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we only have yeah. to blame ourselves. Blame if ourselves. Any, if any aspect of our identity is, disappears... We only have ourselves to blame, and that's it. So right now, it's it's it the the foundation of the tomorrow dance is 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 um, is very strong. The, I'm I'm saying the roots is very deep now. Right. Uh, that it it did not exist 35 years ago, but it's right. now very deep. It is a a vibrant tree. I would say it's the ephid tree. Okay, and the branches have already you know, and it's going to produce more seeds, and it's going to continue. It's only up to us if we kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uncle Frank, I want to thank you for uh, coming joining us uh, this weekend. Uh, once again, it's the 65th uh, Sons and Daughters. Uh, unif- unification celebration and Uncle Frank's out of here from Guam. Uh, you'll be back here for CCF, hopefully. Yes. Uh, with GVB. Yeah. yeah, in March. And uh, Joaquin, if you want to come and see Uncle Frank, he'll be here and <laughs> he'll be here in March. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to give you so many excuses. He had his chance when I was in North Carolina in August. Oh, geez. <laughs> You're not helping I- me, Joaquin. <laughs> uh, but I want to say thank you to Uncle Frank. Um, I really appreciate you and I, uh, you know, I love you, love you a lot. And, uh. I'm so happy that you're here and, and really uh, got me into Chamorro Dancing with Rose and, and Auntie Heidi and Joel. But big shout out to all, you, all the guys who came out here and viewed. Um, we'll be here for the weekend. 
It's going to be uh, Saturday. There's a concert from 5 to 10. It's, it's uh, the Legends concert. Uh, in about 30 minutes, I might have Jesse and Ruby on here. Um, they're also from Guam, and they'll be singing a couple of songs and kind of talk about their history. And then Sunday, we have a big performance with Uncle Frank. Uh, Vince is also here. And Javier is here. <laughs> Rudy's there, so uh, come out and join us. We're going to be here from 12 to 5. Uh, the performance in the opening opening is at 12, uh, 12, a. 12 p.m. Yeah. 12 p.m. And we'll be doing a, a performance then. And we have a special guest that's going to be dancing in the middle. I don't know, I'd kick him in his head, but... <laughs> uh, well, but yeah. But thank you, Uncle Frank. I appreciate you. No and uh, we'll be back here in a couple minutes, 30 minutes or so. Uh, escalators.